This is the Four Man Rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I'm your host, Timmy VO, here with Kevin and Will, back in the building, a.k.a. the YouTube King. What's the deal, Will? All right, so we coming to you guys on this wonderful evening, and we're going to talk about the combines coming up. That means football is coming back around, and I love it. Yeah. So we're going to talk about position breakdowns. And who who we like, and you know, and who who hopefully we'll draft, and when we might not draft, who knows? Um, as we were talking about on the uh, Instagram live feed, um, this is probably the craziest off season that we as Panther fans have seen, and we've been Panther fans for a long time. Um, this 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 is crazy. So, um, but yeah, we're gonna break down the position. Um, Position players, players in position, quarterback, quarterback, blah, 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 the whole nine, everybody, offense, defense, everybody, um, and of course it's split up between Kevin and uh, Will. So um, let's go ahead and just jump on on that, fellas. Um, Kevin, if you will uh, get um, get us acclimated to the positions that um, you've looked at and the players in uh, in in, in, the, in in that section, and uh, we'll go from there, homeboy. Well, how about this? Since Will been off, how about we let him go first? You know, let the let everybody hear Will Will do his thing first, man. Mm-hmm. You don't mind? I don't mind. Will? All right, sure. Yeah, I mean, we can go. I start talking kind of positions and throw it back, and I'll get the other ones I got. Yeah, yeah, sure. Way yeah. I had it uh, broken down. I was looking at quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, cornerbacks, and safeties. Mm-hmm. Kev looking at O-line, D-tackles, edge players, linebackers, tight ends. Let's start with the glamour guys. I love quarterbacks. Let's yeah. talk about them first. Pretty boys. Everybody loves quarterbacks. <laughs> the big money guy, the $40 million men. So where I see it, I like Tua is my favorite quarterback coming into the draft, but he's not participating in the combine. He'll actually be doing interviews, so it'll be a first step in this process. They'll get up to date on his medicals and all of that. So I'm not going to get to that yet. We got all off season to talk about Tua, his medical progress and, you know, where he'll stand on draft day. Mm -hmm. So I'll just talk about the guys that are going to be participating in the on-field drills next week. So I think number one, it all starts with Joe Burrow, LSU quarterback. Uh, We haven't seen him play since the national championship. He finished one of the greatest seasons in college football history. I think right now the number one pick is his. You know, I think the combine they're gonna see, you know, this interview process, how he, you know, talks to these teams, what they think of his personality. Is he gonna be a good fit in Cincinnati and all of that? And I think unless he flops or gets caught with weed on him, I I don't believe the hype. I think Cincinnati's gonna take him first overall. Yeah, what you wanna see from him this week, you know, he's shot a little bit of good mobility. I think he'll test well. He should run a good forty time. You wanna see him how he gets those timing routes on the um Passing drills, you know, he's throwing the receivers that he's not used to working with, so that'll be interesting. But I expect him to perform well, so I think Burroughs, you know, number one quarterback that you want to look out for this week. Uh, Justin Herbert, quarterback, Oregon, is the second guy I'm looking out for. Herbert's a good size, 6'6", 230. He can run, so I think, you know, if we can, we see him run on the field, he makes plays with his legs, decent arm strength, so... Now we can just use the combine to kind of put a um, 
athletic profile on him and see, you know, what type of speed he really does have. Now, as I'm going through this, keep in mind the combine shouldn't be a replacement for game film. You know, this is just to kind of complement what you've already seen from the guy. You know, you just want to put an athletic profile on what you watch on tape. So I don't think Herbert can improve his draft stock like jumping over Tua or dumping over Burrow, but I think he can solidify himself as a top 10 pick. I mean, you've got a lot of quarterback needy teams picking ahead of us this year. So I think, you know, Chargers could possibly be a fit. The Dolphins like what they saw from him at the Senior Bowl. He's got a good skill set. So we'll see what he does. I'm most intrigued by Jordan Love, quarterback from Utah State. Hmm. Um, a few years ago, and I'm not comparing him to Patrick Mahomes, but Mahomes was considered a risky pick. He just had great arm talent. You know, great improviser, but he just, you know, he was kind of erratic. So he was considered a real risky pick. But I think Jordan Love is similar in that regard. He's mobile, good legs. He can, I mean, he's got great arm talent. I mean, Utah State, you don't really, you know, he had issues with drop balls. I think him and Herbert both had over 50 drop passes from their receivers in college. Mm. So he really didn't get to see, you know, what he's truly capable of. And in senior season, he almost lost his entire um entire offense. He lost his running back, he lost receivers and old linemen. So he didn't put up the stats his senior year that he did in his junior year when he was much more effective. But he's a guy that intrigues me. I think he could find his way in the first round just because of his raw talent and ability. And I think he's a guy that you'll probably have to sit uh, his first year, sit behind somebody, learn the game, and he'll be ready to go year two. But I think he'll test extremely well. You know, he'll probably be one of the guys that people come home the next day and say, wow, that guy really showed out at the combine, you know, very impressive athlete. Uh, Jalen Hurts, quarterback, Oklahoma's the fourth guy I'm looking out for. Uh, I think he's just needs to show. I think his. We know he's already a great athlete. You know, we we know he can run. We know he's got a good arm strength. You know, I think just his mental processing and you know accuracy. I think he needs to put on display. So the drills throwing to the wide receivers. We just want to see his ball placement, his timing. You know, can he throw those deep outs on? target you know what's his deep ball look like i think he needs i think he has the most to prove out of all of them because i know a lot of teams want him to probably want to work him out at other positions you know but i think he's not going to accept that he wants to be a quarterback so i think now's his time to show what he can do throwing the football you know he might pull a lamar jackson and not even run a 40 because we yeah. already know the type of athlete he is exactly and lastly number five is jacob eason he's a quarterback from washington Another big guy, 6'6", uh, 230 pounds. You got a cannon for an arm. Uh, accuracy is kind of shaky on and off. Another project, I would say. Mm-hmm. So I think, again, and I think with him, again, you want to see, you know, see what kind of athleticism he showed. He was kind of a statue in the pocket. So I'll be interested to see what kind of how he tests. But, again, I think with all these quarterbacks, it's just, you know, what do you – Gonna do throwing to these receivers you're not familiar with. You're gonna get the timing down. You're gonna be able to place the ball where it needs to be. You know, hit guys in stride. And um, I think, and it'll be interesting. I want to see how all of these guys show out. So that's what I have for your quarterbacks: Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, Jalen Hurts, and Jacob Eason. Hmm. Man, that's 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 some studs in there, bro. This quarterback, this quarterback draft, uh, well, not draft, but the quarterback uh, options we have here, uh, man, dude, there's, there's some, there's some bad boys out there, man. Don't, don't sleep, folks. 
You know, we we don't know what's going to happen with this draft in this front office. We have no freaking clue, to be honest with you. It's, this is crazy. So <laughs> don't be surprised, but, you know, be surprised. You know? <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, Kev. Yes, sir. Do you have a position you want to touch on, or did you want to um, any any, any uh, remarks you have on those uh, those quarterbacks? Yeah, I was gonna um, I was gonna touch on the uh, in the trenches. You know what I always love, but uh, just quick follow up on what uh, what Will just said. Uh, you know, we we talking about a, a a pretty a draft class that could be uh, pretty memorable here, folks. Um, you know, all depend on what happens with the physical with Cam in March. You know, all this wild speculation. I mean, our coaching staff has got to do their due diligence and and really work out these quarterbacks and things like that because we simply, as you just stated, do not know what the future holds. So, uh, personally, I've always kind of looked at the quarterback class coming in 2021 being more to my personal liking. But, uh, you know, that's just me. So, I'll, uh, that'd be pretty much what I got to say on the quarterbacks. Right on, man. Um, running backs? I know that's not really a, an avenue that we need to touch on because, you know, Chris McCaffrey's a god right now. So, so, um, so I guess, should we should we talk about the wide, the wide receiver core? Because, I mean, this, this is a pretty darn deep wide receiver class. Um, yeah, so. I did have some uh, running backs. The, uh, I don't get – I look at some of the late-round guys that – not yeah. the starters. Yeah. I think uh, – Guy Joe Brady, coach Clyde Edwards Elair is a guy to look out for. Mm. Uh, he was he was very he's a little guy like I think Maurice Jones Drew type of guy, very powerful lower body, you know, versatile out of the backfield. I think he'd be a good complement to Christian McCaffrey back there. Mm. I know some other guys that might get picked up in the later rounds, LaMichael P. Ryan from Florida. He was teammates with um, Jordan Scarlett. I was watching Jordan Scarlett film last year. Uh, who's his number two that's breaking all these long runs? You know, very quick feet, good contact balance. Mm-hmm. You know, total complete back. And that's uh, Michael P. Ryan, a Florida Gator. So I want to see how he performs. And some other guys in the top of the draft. I don't think we're going to take a running back early. I just don't see it happening yeah. because you already got McCaffrey. And we already drafted on Scarlett, for that matter. And we signed Bonifat to a one-year deal. So we already got kind of a loaded backfield. But if you want to watch the running backs just to, you know, get a feel for who's there and who might be on the board when we pick, I think the number one back in the draft is DeAndre Swift from Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a complete back, good hands out of the backfield, pass blocking, whole package. Uh, Cam Akers from Florida State's very good. And then a guy you might be familiar with that we saw in the bowl game, J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State. Oh, yeah. He has to show a lot. He had some drop balls in the um game against Clemson, so we'll see how he does catching the ball out of the backfield. But, you know, I think if a running back gets taken, it'll be day two or three. I don't see them going high, but just so you're familiar with them, those are the guys you probably want to look out for. Hmm. But Edward Steelair is a guy I think might be in play because he worked for or played for Joe Brady. He has a skill set that could fit in that offense and complement the guys we got already. Nice. Nice. I would really like to see more from Bonifan. 
Uh, he, he's and unless you guys have forgotten already, he is a dual threat, folks. Uh, I know he had a damn drop pass. I know that. I'm I remember. <laughs> but he is a, he is a legit dual threat, man. He, he just got to get some 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 touches in that in that avenue. But um, but yeah, uh, Kev, you said uh, you mentioned um, you the you're the trenches kind of guy. Um, <laughs> did you, you want to touch on the O line or D line or? Anything of that nature? Or? Yeah, I definitely will touch on it for, you know, since that seems to be a, a lot of debate, you know, should the first pick be a O-lineman or a D-lineman? True, yeah. You know, that's that's one of the more hotly contested debates I see in uh, all the different Panther Facebook groups mm-hmm. is, um, you know, we got to protect him and uh, we got to stop the run and get to the quarterback. I mean... The bottom line is, folks, we got seven picks to do both. Why not both? You know. There you go. Uh, you know, um, but for me, as far as the trenches, you know, I love, I'm going to go with what I like first, the D-line, because I feel like that's where it needs to be. In order for the offense to get the ball, we got to stop somebody. Amen. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is like, you know, you get the ball after whatever happens, but, uh, you know, it'd be nice to get the ball after a few three and outs, you know, Please. you know, st- third down stops, you know, things of that nature, yes. you know, three and outs. But uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So for me, uh, I got to definitely start with the interior defensive line uh, where I want to start with um, my pretty much my number one, quote unquote, man crush per se, as far as draft picks has been Derrick Brown. Out of uh, Auburn, we're talking 6'5", 318 pounds. Uh, we're talking about a man's man. Now, as Will stated, as far as uh, the, the Jordan Love you from Utah State, being compared to Mahomes, you don't want to you know get it confused. But when you think Derrick Brown, he has very similar film to what Aaron Donald had when he was coming uh out of college into the NFL draft about what four or five years ago. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, I can't I can't remember what year he was. I think it was 2015 draft, if I'm not mistaken. But but anyway, uh, we're talking about a guy that constantly collapses the pocket. No one man can block him. He routinely splits double teams. I've even seen him split a triple team and stop the running back. Like dang. <laughs> Yeah, this is a man's man. This 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 is a um, this is the type of player that can really potentially become a generational player at the interior defense pocket. And what's the quickest way to the quarterback? Right up the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I just think that a guy like Derrick Brown, he's someone that's powerful hands, great footwork, knows how to use leverage. And he just has a, a variety of moves. I mean, he's just someone that's just, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I can't just keep saying it, but he just his play just similar to Aaron Donald. And we all seen he's won, what, two defensive player of the years, you know, a couple yeah. of seasons with 20 sacks. Now, I'm not saying that Derrick Bryan's going to come in and do that, but he uh, he makes the same type of play and has a motor that is nonstop. True that. You know, and off the field, they say he's just – as accomplished, um, I think he's like one of the um, uh, senior committee members over the university or something. He's someone that's very involved with the community, mm-hmm. involved with the school. Um, 
uh, pretty much Dean list type of guy. So he's just he's more than just all all muscles. He's all brains as well. And I think mm. his type of personality uh, will fit fit in great with the uh, with wherever he's drafted. I'm hoping this year, uh, you know, because a lot of mock drafts have him coming here to us. But you know, that's my number one guy. Mm. Uh, the number two guy is uh, Javon Kenlaw out of yeah. University of South Carolina. And I know a lot of Gamecock fans who are Panther fans, you know, are, you know, rooting for this guy. Personally, you know, with his story being someone that, you know, was homeless and and uh, didn't have a place to call his own for long, he's he's pretty much your, your modern-day success story. And I, I definitely hope that he is someone who becomes a top-ten pick so he can enjoy the type of lifestyle that he grew up not having. But uh, with him, we're talking about 6'5", 315. So we're talking about someone that's, you know, massive on the inside. And, you know, able to – what I noticed about him is that his hands are very nasty. When I say nasty hands, what I mean is that when the, whether he's engaged with your pads or whether he's engaged with your arms, whatever he's touching is, is getting moved in the way that he wants it to go. So he's someone that, I, that, that has very nasty hands that – that allows him to set himself up in position to make plays. Again, he's someone that takes on double teams. He's not pushed out his hole. He has a lot of gap integrity. Mm. You know, even when he's double teamed, you're not seeing him back there with the linebackers. He's holding the point of attack. Uh, but as, as oftentimes, he was also splitting these double teams as well. So if I had to make a comparison of first two picks, when you think of Derrick Brown, think of Aaron Donald. When you think of Javon Kenloff, think of Fletcher Cox of the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, so we would be good with either one of these guys, yeah, but you know that's the type of player that he puts me in mind of. Uh, my third defensive interior lineman, defensive lineman, uh, Will brought to my attention was Neville Gallimore. Uh, Neville Gallimore out of uh, Oklahoma, uh, 6'2", 304 pounds. I mean, we're talking about somebody that's. When you're talking about fast, like this is a guy that. Once the ball is snapped, he's on full go. Mm. Uh, he, he, he got a very, very hot motor. And he's someone that, even though he's only 304 pounds, he can play that nose position too. You know, usually when you think of a nose tackle, you're thinking about a guy 330, 340, you know what I'm saying, with the, you know, the cow belly hanging out. You know, that's what you... <laughs> you know, that's what you like to think of when you think of someone playing the... Uh, the nose or the one technique, but uh, yeah. he's someone that has um, has the ability to play pretty much anywhere along the defensive line, uh, particularly on the interior, whether you want to line him up over the center, shade it to the center, or three technique. Um, he does a lot of twists and slants, so he's a guy that's just really able to, not a lot of blockers to really get set up on him. It's like his timing when the ball is snapped is really, really good. So uh, he's someone that um that I that I've enjoyed seeing on on film as well. He was someone that would uh I would say if we don't get a defensive tackling round in the first round, definitely a day two guy to keep your eye on. Mm -hmm. uh, another guy that I personally like is uh Raquan Davis out of Alabama. Now you're talking about a big boy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, he's six seven, three hundred twelve pounds. Oh Jesus! So think about another Calais Campbell. You know, you know, he. Uh, I think he started out with the Cardinals. I think he's now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But you know, he goes about six eight. You know, and he can also play 
inside, outside, anywhere on the line as well. So um, he's someone that's been a staple with Alabama, you know, since he's been there. He's a senior. He's been there all four years. Um, power is what comes to mind when I think about him. I mean, when he allows his hips to get set and establish that leverage, his anchor is you're you're not moving him off a spot. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're thinking about running to his his goal, you're gonna you're gonna run right into him. Uh he's someone that I think that if if there's anything he needs to work on, I would say it's his vision. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times he uses his power so much that he kinda can sometimes lose a little focus on where the play is at, but if he can get focus his vision to understand, you know, what's going on, like he has all the abilities to d- disrupt the play. Um, but yeah, but his length and his power at an interior defense alignment is something that is uh, definitely something worth, worth noticing. Uh, so he's my number, um, he's my number um, four guy. Mm-hmm. And finally, I got to go with my number five. There's someone that in every mock draft, I pick him no matter what. Uh, out of University of Utah, Mr. Lakey Fotu. Uh, you know, this is someone coming from the Starla Tulele branch. You know, we're talking about 6'5", 337. We're talking about some homegrown bellies. We're talking about, you know, someone that's been seen cheese steaks, rack of ribs, um, you know, you know, all the chicken. All the hog mall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we talking about someone that, boy, you talking about a true nose tackle. Uh, this is someone, you know, since we're going to be still doing hybrid defensive fronts, as stated by both Coach Rule and um, defense coordinator Phil Snow, um, if this was a draft that we was able to double dip, like said, we were able to get a Kinlaw or a Brown in round one, uh, if 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 photo is available late round three or, or even round four, gotta grab him. Uh, this is someone that you know with size that has speed too and can move. Like he uh, he doesn't stay blocked long. He literally has the type of strength where he is um, manhandling whoever is blocking him. Uh, he got quick feet. Um, he also has a closing burst as well. What I mean by that is. Whenever he's out in space and he sees you, uh, he zones in. He's just because he's big doesn't mean he can't move. So uh, he's not just someone just there that can just hold up a couple of blockers. He can disengage the blockers and make plays on the ball as well. So uh, he is someone that I definitely see uh, as a, as our interior defense lineman is someone to definitely uh, definitely want to look out for in this NFL draft. So those are my five. Uh, Brown, Kenlaw, Gallimore, Raquan Davis, and uh, Fotu. Those are my those are my five interior defensive linemen. Mm. Mm. Man, if we can get just man, if we can get two of those, two of those five, boy, we're gonna be in good shape. Phew. Lord have mercy. Well, so Will, uh, wide receivers. We already touched on that. Oh, no, not yet. But man, this when I tell you, this was probably the best wide receiver class I've ever seen since I've been following the draft. Wow. I mean, twenty fourteen comes close, but I mean, I think you look on like see with Daniel Jeremiah or 
any of those guys who was draft quote unquote experts have to say, I think they'll agree mm. with me that this is probably one of the best wide receiver classes we've seen in a while. Mm. Not only just top heavy either, I mean it's depth. You can really get a good quality pass catcher on day two or three as well. Um, it starts to me with Jerry Judy. I mean, route running. I mean, what does Steve Smith say, tell you about um, call it? He says he has a PhD in route running. I mean, Jerry Judy is the most polished wide receiver I've seen come out in a while. I think he's a top five player in this entire draft. Mm. I mean, if somebody's picking in the mid-teens or 20s, they're getting an absolute steal with this guy. I mean, his release off the line of scrimmage is so quick. He can just hit you with one, two, three moves. He stems his routes, manipulates his defenders, turns them. I mean, comes out of his breaks with explosiveness. You know, good hands can make plays after the catch. It was as complete of the receiver as you'll get coming out of college. Played all the positions at Alabama. You know, runs professional routes, diversified in his route tree. Mm. So just a very good all-around player. Look out for him. A C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma, another very good player. High points the ball well, makes contested catches. Similar yard after catch ability. And he's not as bad as a route runner himself. You know, another very good player that somebody's going to be able to get. I know some have had C.D. Lamb as a number one receiver as well. So between those two, I mean, you're getting a day one starter, an impact player at that position. Another Alabama guy I got my eye on this week is Henry Ruggs III. I think he has the ability to beat John Ross's 40-time record this week. Um, he might be in that sub-4-3 range, you know, so look out for that. But I think with him, he's more of a polished receiver than John Ross was coming out, so he justify that higher first-round pick. Um, he can make contested catches. He's a great route runner. You know, I think if I were to, I think last year I liked the uh, kid Hollywood Brown. He's on the Ravens now. So I think he's in that mode, Hollywood Brown. Think Deshaun Jackson, those type of speed guys, but also have the polished skill set route running you know, release off the line of scrimmage, hands, just to be a complete receiver to complement that Olympic type of speed. Uh, the local kid, T. Higgins from Clemson, 6'5 guy, I really like. I think the combine can really push him up the boards, I think. We want to see, you know, what, how can he run at 6'5? You know, what kind of, how does he get out of his breaks? You know, we're going to watch him do these cone drills and see what his agility is like. You know, what's his three cone time going to be? You know, can he run all the routes? You know, how does he, how explosive is he out of his breaks? Things like that. So I think he has a lot to show here. And this last guy, I don't think he's a top five receiver in the draft, but I just added him to my list because he just really impressed me at the senior bowl. It's Van Jefferson from Florida. Again, another great uh, technician as a route runner. I don't know how he's going to test. I know he's athletic. Athletically, I mean, I don't think he's going to blow you away at the combine, but in the cone drills, the routes, I think that's where he'll do his thing. I mean, in one-on-ones at the Senior Bowl, he was just consistently able to get separation, turn defenders, and make plays. And I think he was probably one of the best wide receivers on the field that week. So that's, you know, my five short and sweet. Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, T. Higgins, and the guy, my sleeper, to look out for this week, uh, Van Jefferson. Mm. Well, man. Sure, it might be short and sweet, but there wasn't nothing short about them dudes. Got a lot of length, got a lot of speed, got a lot of agility, buddy. Man, you, bro, I didn't, I didn't even look at it like that, man. This, this, this wide receiver class is, it's nasty. Good Lord of mercy, man. 
I didn't even watch that much college football, but I know, I know these receivers you're talking about. God, everybody. Watch out. Watch out then now. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Kev, um, the ends? Should, should we be even be looking at defensive ends, or what do you think? You know, um, as we already stated with – with uh, I think we have like five defensive linemen who are free agents – and I think right now the only one that's re-signed is Obata. And since we're going to be doing hybrid fronts, yeah, I definitely think that um, that defensive end is something that we need to take a look at as far as um, uh, potential where it could be added. Uh, I don't think it's pressing, you know, in my personal opinion and assessment. But, hey, I'm not the coach. You know, I'm just a fan that has access to the internet. <laughs> so, you know, but uh, I definitely think that there's some defense ends out there definitely worth um, looking at and considering. Uh, one of the top ones that come to mind, of course, seems to already be penciling at number two is Chase Young mm. from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I mean, 6'5", 265 pounds. Uh, really, I mean, the monster of this group, you know, without doubt, there's... There's not a, you know, in my opinion, there's not a remotely close second like it was with uh, the receivers with Will, with uh, uh, Judy and Lamb. With this one, it's Chase Young. And and then there's everybody else after that. They're close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys. Uh, but uh, but with Chase Young, we're talking about someone that can pretty much do it all. He can play the run. He can play the pass. He has a variety of moves. Uh, he's someone that's... That's going to be disruptive. Day one starter, someone you could probably pencil in for the next ten to twelve years as a as a dynamic playmaker uh, coming from the uh, coming from the outside. Uh, he's someone that's even been moved to the inside some on certain pass rush packages I saw on film at Ohio State. So he's someone that that has some versatility. Uh, if he goes to Washington, as it looks as what seems like his forecasted to be. Uh, that Washington Redskins is going to have one of the best defensive lines uh, to probably watch coming up. Mm. I think that with adding Chase Young to what they have now, this defensive line probably is going to be second to rival the uh, 49ers defensive line that they had next year by adding Chase Young with the guys they already have there. So, uh, yeah, Chase Young is pretty much the... uh, He's the Julius Peppers of DNs for this draft class, if uh, if uh, that helps put in perspective. Mm. Um, but other guys that's on there that definitely are going to be able to contribute and make an impact uh, from uh, LSU is uh, uh, his name is Clavon Chason, Chason. I think that's how I pronounce it. Uh, you know, I got this country accent, so I can mess up. Um, <laughs> uh, just like Chason, he's a junior coming out a year early. He's 6'4", 250 pounds. Um, you're talking about somebody that that's going to be coming out that end with some crazy speed. I mean, speed and explosiveness is pretty much the name of his game. And you know, he get with the right defensive line coach to help him fine tune, you know, moves and counter moves. He's someone that's whether it's a two point or three point stance, uh, he's getting on the field quick, fast, and in a hurry. So he's definitely someone that I I can see being able to uh, dominate the game. He has long arms as well. You know how it's converted speed to power. Uh, 
some of his favorite moves are the dip, the rip and dip move coming out the edge. Um, he's, he's just someone that's really strong and knows how to use his body. And he's a smart, instinctive player as well. Um, I think that overall he's someone that can, uh, can be that hybrid edge player. He can be that 4-3 DN or he can be that outside linebacker. So, you know, with, with us being someone in a hybrid look, um, you know, he would be someone potentially to look at, but, you know, we just have to see how it falls through. He does have one red flag, though. Uh, he tore his ACL back in 2018. So um, that's something of, uh, you know, to be of concern to look out. But uh, overall, pretty much the sky is the limit with him. Uh, if he can just learn to, you know, get some more versatility with his moves to, to go along with his speed and his length and his explosiveness. Uh, he's someone that um, may not be as known pre-draft now, but uh, in a few years, he's definitely someone that's uh, that's definitely going to be uh, a name that's known around the NFL and definitely around fans. Um, the number three defensive end is A.J. Epeniza. He's out of Iowa. Now we're talking about a big body here, folks. We're talking six foot six, two hundred eighty pounds. Uh, played in the Big Ten, and you know how the Big Ten gets down. I mean, he's someone that has length and power. Now his hands for a defensive end, he his bull rush is probably one of the best I've seen watching film in college football. Uh, it's you know it's just something that. He consistently is able to use to set himself up to make plays, to disengage um, blockers. Um, he uh, he has quick, fast hands to keep offensive linemen from getting the hands on him. So you combine that length with that power, with the moves, he's definitely someone that uh, I could definitely see being a top 10, top 15 pick. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's definitely someone that that is going to be worth taking a look at here. Uh, his NFL comparison is uh, Trey Flowers, who got his name and fame and money with uh, New England, and then he went and got his big payday with the uh, Detroit Lions, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, he's someone that had 30 and a half tackles for losses, 22 sacks, eight forced fumbles, and seven pass deflections. That's just in the last two years, folks. So he's mm -hmm. definitely someone that is a – uh, a playmaker. So um, he's my number three on the list as far as uh, edge uh, edge defenders, pass rushers. Um, now, someone that, you know, I personally uh, haven't taken a liking to um, may not be as talented, but I, I think that he's someone that's going to, uh, that's going to be talked about, uh, later on um, in the draft, and that's Nick Cole from out of Auburn. Um, when watching film on Dare Brown, this was someone that also stood out on the film to me as well. Um, he goes about 6'5", 291. Now, he's going to be your prototypical 4-3 defensive end um, here, folks. Uh, he's someone that has played defensive tackle and defensive end. Um, he's also stood up as well. So again, that position flexibility that we've uh, been hearing about for the last few years, he's someone that, that provides that. Um, he's someone that he attacks the blockers with extreme violence. He's very disruptive when he's engaged with the blockers. And, 
you know, with the length that he has along with uh, his aggressiveness, um, he's someone that's, he, he makes plays, folks. I believe he, I think Monty shared it with us earlier. He's someone that had 35 quarterback pressures. Um, I believe he also had about uh, 22 sacks, if I'm not mistaken, in the last few years. So he's definitely someone that, if you want someone to get after your quarterback, um, this is a guy that I see being a day two, possibly day three pick that's going to be someone that you uh, you want to take advantage of uh, to pay attention to as well. And my number five defensive end uh, that really caught my eye, um, I ain't going to lie, I was kind of like splitting hairs a little bit, but uh, I want to go back to the guy. Now, I'm, I know I'm going to mess up his name, but he's out of Penn State. It's pronounced Uter Gross hyphen Matos. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Try saying that fast, folks. But um, he's uh, also another junior, six, fi- uh, six foot five, uh, 264 pounds. Um, he's someone that he wins with his initial move that he makes. Um, he's a tall, long defender. Uh, he has a relentless, nonstop motor, folks. There's no taking off. I don't care. If the play is ran opposite of him, he is in um, hot pursuit. He takes long strides, so he make up a lot of ground quick. Um, he's someone that is able to use a variety of moves to free himself up. He's someone that doesn't stay blocked long. Um, now, the only thing that uh, would be a question mark for him would be his ability to diagnose the plays quickly enough to take advantage of the fact that he's won his matchup. Um, his NFL comparison that I read upon was called, was a uh, Carlos Dunlap mm. um, here for you. But uh, man at Penn state, uh, he wrapped up some numbers here just in his last two seasons, 94 tackles, 35 tackles for loss and 17 sacks. Um, he's um, he can play both the run and the pass. Well, so he's not just one dimensional. So he's uh, he's someone that uh, again would be that typical four three defensive end, but you know he can play stand up as well. So uh, potentially someone uh, in the uh, that can be used in a hybrid defense. So uh, those are my five defense that stood out to me: Chase Young, Clavon uh, Chase on out of LSU, AJ Epeniza out of Iowa, um, Poe out of Auburn. And Matos out of Penn State. So those are the defensive hands that edge players that I like. Outstanding. Um, so let's stay on the defensive side, Mr. Will. Uh, defensive back, safeties. Yeah, let's go. Uh, so we got corners, the safety. Let's start with the safeties first. Okay. We can get to the corners, the hip flippers later on. <laughs> Swim them hips. Home. Swim them hips. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so my number one safety, despite having a um, setback his senior year, is still Grant Delpit from LSU. Mm-hmm. It's my gut feeling. I like his 2018 take that much that I kind of felt that he's draw. He had some injuries, some nagging injuries throughout the 2019 season. He's an inconsistent tackler, but you just can't deny the traits that you see on tape. You know, he's got a great play speed. A very uh, physical, knocks, jars, balls loose, makes those bone-crushing tackles. He's got good range, good ball skills. Mm. Typical free safety that, you know, we've been lacking for a while. So at pick 38, 
know, I'd be ecstatic if we were able to land somebody like Grant Delpit to mm. pair back there with Eric Reed at safety. Uh, Xavier McKinney from Alabama, basically my 1A, close second. I think he's a more complete player than Dell Pitt, but doesn't have the same ceiling. He can play deep safety. He can play close to the line of scrimmage. You know, he's got the um, fluidity of a corner, so he can match up well with slot receivers. Uh, good ball skills as well. Uh, good tackler. I mean, he makes a lot of plays close to the line of scrimmage, forces fumbles. You know, just good overall at making plays on the ball, you know, creating opportunities for your offense. So he's a guy I definitely would like as well. I think he might also be that uh, mid to late first, early second type of player. This guy I really want to get a look at at the combine this week, and I think a lot of people will be talking about him uh, throughout the week, and that's Kyle Duggar from, guess where, Lenore Ryan, yeah. Division II school. A local kid now. Yeah. Duggar is raw. I mean, he's 6'1", 217. Um, you don't really get to see him against the best competition, but he was pretty dominant on that level. You just see, you know, the difference in speed, you know, the range he had at safety, his athleticism. I thought he was kind of out of position. I think he's going to be more effective close to the line of scrimmage making plays. You saw a little bit of that in the senior bowl. I thought he was a standout player when he finally got to play against, you know, guys from the D1 schools who will probably be um, high draft picks. So, He's definitely a guy I think, you know, I normally don't say to um, the combine shouldn't impact your evaluation of a player, but I think a guy like Kyle Duggar, who's coming from a D2 school, hasn't had a lot of eyeballs on him. I think the combine and the senior bowl and all these events are just golden opportunities for him to put his name out there, get on the map and improve his draft stock. You're possibly looking at a round, you know, day two, day three, early day three type of player right there. So keep a lookout out on for him. I'm excited about seeing what he's able to do next week. Um, next, I like uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. out of Minnesota. His father played cornerback for the Vikings for a number of years and was a quality player. He's a 21-year-old redshirt sophomore. He had a lot of injuries. I think he had a list frank injuries, required surgery, so he had those medical redshirts. So he has some injury red flags. He doesn't show you know, explosive athleticism on the field, but he just got good football instincts. So he's where he needs to be, good ball skills, makes plays on the ball, good against the run, solid tackler. So just a complete safety. He might be a steal that we'll be able to get in that second or third round. And lastly, on the safety position, you know, I was going back and forth, but I like Ashton Davis out of California. Another guy, you know, good range, good versatility, good ball skills. I think he has another guy that can possibly improve his draft stop this week at the combine. So I don't think these are the top five safeties in the draft. These are more guys who I just, you know, caught my eye as I'm watching film and I think can really improve their draft stock at the combine next week. There we go, man. Hey, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting combine, man. I, I, I would like to see him too, to be honest with you. Um, I, I haven't really took a, took a gander at any of the uh, uh, defensive back secondary individuals, to be honest with you. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm I, I always like to see see the, the skill set with the uh, like we're just joking around, but those those swift the, the the pivoting of the hips and you know that fluidity that goes along with the footwork, you know the backpedaling coming out of those breaks and things of that nature, man. It's, it's uh, that's 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 good stuff, man. I I love watching that stuff, man. Love watching it. Um, Mr. Avery, linebacker core, and this is really important, folks. 
This dude, hey, we we missing some cats, man. Yeah, um, this session uh, we want to thank Luke Keekley for for making a uh, a higher priority than what we felt necessary about a month ago. Amen, <laughs> boy. But uh, love you, Luke. Uh, hope to see you back <laughs> with the franchise in some capacity. Be nice. Uh, once you're ready. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, once you are ready. Um, but yeah, when we look at uh, when we look at linebackers here, folks. Uh, coming up with the combine, this is something that is a must to pay attention to, and and just to see, you know, how these athletic traits measure out. Because when you play in linebacker, you're responsible for being able to do a little bit of everything: yes. play the run, play the pass, pass rush, shed blocks, uh, drop in coverage. Uh, you you name it. Um, this is something that that is. Definitely something that takes a lot of a lot of ability to break down because you know Luke Keekley just did everything so smoothly for us for the last past eight years. I think a lot of us took for granted his ability. I agree. But uh, first person to come to mind, of course, the kid from down at Clemson, Mr. Isaiah Simmons. Just uh, someone that I know for a fact Will has, you know. F- you know, falling in love with per se more and more as you watch the film. Um, you're talking about the ultimate in position flexibility. Uh, one of the knocks on him is that I'm hearing from some, you know, quote NFL gurus like the Mel Kuypers of the world. Matter of fact, I saw him <laughs> early this morning talking about uh, the fact that he doesn't have a set position could possibly hurt his draft stock. But mm. um, if it does, you know, shame on the teams that pass up on him. Uh, and, and congrats to Tina picks him up. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, we're talking about 6'4", 230 pounds. Uh, he had over 100 snaps at five different positions for Clemson this year. Uh, we're talking about inside linebacker, outside linebacker, uh, slot cornerback, um, free safety, strong safety. Mm. So you're, if you want to talk about a ultimate Swiss Army knife, for your deep for anywhere in your back seven, um, this is the this is the guy that uh, can definitely be that and be that type of player. I think he's going to be an impact player. I think he's going to be someone that that whoever passes up on him is going to really look like, damn, you know, why we ain't take advantage. Um, his instincts are 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 very elite folks. He's someone that's got an extremely high football IQ. Mm-hmm. Um, he understands blocking schemes very well. Mm-hmm. Um, he understands how, you know, play, by playing all over the field, seeing it from different angles, uh, how plays are developing. Uh, tackling is not a problem. Uh, shedding blocks is not a problem. Uh, he gives high effort on every single play. You know how some people say everybody take plays off? Uh you know, I, I'm not going to front say I watched a lot of film on him, but I've seen enough where um, I'm seeing him go full speed at all times. So it doesn't matter where he lines up. He's someone that's that's giving his all. Um, I think that he's someone that can definitely, uh, as I say, just be used in a variety of ways. Um, I don't see him as a middle linebacker, though. I, I, I know that a lot of the uh, Clemson <laughs> alumni that are also Carolina Panther fans thinking this guy 
It can replace Luke Keekly at middle linebacker. <laughs> Folks, he, uh, even though he played it at Clemson, but the way you play middle linebacker in the NFL is different than what they played at Clemson. And uh, I see him that if when he does play linebacker, being more of an outside linebacker, uh, like such as a Sam to the strong side or a Will to the weak side versus a Mike linebacker in the middle. That's just me. Uh, I hate that you, you know, it, a lot of people probably disagree with me, but this is the guy that if you're talking about, quote unquote, replacing Luke Keekley, he has talent to be effective, but he's not the middle linebacker that a lot of people are pegging him to be mm. for us here. So that's just my personal opinion. But uh, he's definitely my number one. Number two, uh, this is another guy that um, the guys in the four-man rush turned me on to looking at. Uh, Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. He's someone that I think will be a disruptive force. I definitely see him as he could go late first round, definitely second round guy. Uh, he's 6'2", 234. Uh, he played at Oklahoma. Uh, we're talking about somebody that, um, wow, what can he do is the question. Um, he has, he's got great intelligence. Um, his range is elite. He gets from sideline to sideline. Now, if there's ever a Keekly comparison to put out there, as far as chasing plays down from one end of the field to the other, this guy right here is definitely uh, definitely fits the bill. Um, he's someone that can play inside linebacker on a 30 front, Mike linebacker on a 4-3 front. So he has the ability to, no matter what your defensive uh, front is up front, he can um, he can play it, folks. So now this would be your, your middle linebacker if we're looking to find someone to, quote-unquote, uh, fill the void left by Luke Keekley. I will not disrespect and say to fill the shoes because nobody would ever fill the shoes of Luke Keekley. period. Um, and I'm going to stand by that. But to fill the void left by Luke Keekley, uh, this is someone that I I see as being the type of player that, that could be available, like I say, late first round, possible, but definitely – on day two um, in the second round. I, I cannot see him leaving uh, the second round and not being drafted. Uh, he definitely can play zone. He can play man. Uh, he has good feet. He understands route concepts. Uh, very smart play player. Doesn't bite on play action. Um, so he's uh, he's my number two guy. Uh, that'll be uh, Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. My number three guy is Patrick Queen out of LSU. Now, this is somebody that I started watching probably about a week ago. And he also is a true middle linebacker. Uh, again, he uh, plays with high football IQ. You can tell that he's really studies film very well. Uh, he doesn't come off the field. He's a three-down linebacker. Uh, he's displayed great ability to rush the passer. So if you ever want to blitz from the linebacker position, uh, this is definitely someone that is able to do so with effectiveness. Um, he's shown the ability to cover tight ends as well, uh, particularly tight ends that go up to scene and on crossing routes. Um, in, the, in the NFL, he's projected to be also the ability to play uh, the wheel linebacker, which is the weak side linebacker, uh, due to his speed and his length. 
He's someone that feel like can track down a play from behind. Um, very solid tackler, uh, you know. And with um, you know, with Joe Brady, you know, having you know, having him on his team at LSU could be someone that the Panthers could possibly take a look at as well in the uh, second or third round. Definitely uh, another day, a day two uh, product right there. Um, number four. Uh, one of my personal favorites that I, I definitely enjoyed watching was Malik Harrison out of Ohio State. Now, Tim, this is a big boy here at linebacker. We're talking 6'3", 246. So this is a little bit of the little bit of throwback linebackers, per se, as far as size. Yeah. You know, because yeah. for the last several years, you know, linebackers have been getting light, you know, to compensate mm-hmm. for the passing game, 220, 225, mm-hmm. playing linebackers. Nah, nah, this, this boy right here done had his biscuits and gravy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like i said 6'3 246 um he's someone that consistently got better year after year uh at ohio state uh he is physical folks when i say brings the wood it, his pads talk constantly mm-hmm. um and he has great technique so he's not a a dan morgan type uh thumper but he is someone that uses great technique, great head placement, but when he comes to you, oh, you're going to feel it. <laughs> oh, boy, you're going to feel it. He's someone that is extremely physical, uh, does a great dog, chasing down ball carriers from behind. Uh, he excels at getting off blocks, uh, so he's someone that has no problem playing through traffic to get to the ball carrier. Uh, I like the fact that he... Even though for his size, he can actually drop and play coverage fairly effective um, here as well. Now, I wouldn't suggest him playing man, but if you play zone with your linebackers, uh, he's someone that I would feel comfortable about uh, doing that as well. Um, Now, he doesn't have the most, quote, fleet of foot, but he's someone who has an adequate enough um, foot speed and change of direction where he can... Um, make the plays. So he's someone that I definitely like. Um, definitely like um, watching him on film. Uh, but yeah, definitely someone that would be a good fit to uh, fit the Mike linebacker. Again, looking at a day two, uh, day two pick as far as uh, linebacker goes. Mm. Now, my part number five. It was three players that I that I liked. A couple of local guys. Um, I like the Keem Davis Gaither out of Appalachian State, 6'2", 219. The Mountaineers. And I like Justin uh, Stranad out of Wake Forest. Oh. Uh, up by your way, Tim. No dicks. Uh, you might know a little bit about him, 6'3", 235. Uh, but my number five guy, I'm going to, I'm going to go up to Purdue to the Boilermakers, Marcus mm. Bailey, 6'1", oh. uh, 240. Mm. Now, he is coming off an injury that he suffered his senior year. Uh, so uh, mm. he uh, he hurt his knee. Uh, but he was someone that was uh, in the top three for the Butkus Award um, in 2019. Now, if we don't address linebacker in the first um, and on the, on Thursday and Friday, this would be someone to be on the lookout uh, for day three that only because of his injury, why he's possibly being viewed as drafted this low. Uh, we're talking about someone with extreme high intelligence. Um, he's able to process plays very quickly. He attacks. Um, 
he is fearless. I mean, this is a guy that that comes full speed, but he's smart about it. He's not reckless. What I like about him and and Harrison is the fact that they play hard and fast, but they're they're, te- they're they got technique with it. They're just not a blind ball of fire just coming through and trying to bust heads. Um, he's someone that is able to, like I say, diagnose plays quickly and get on the attack. Um, now, he don't have the best range like a Queen or a Murray does, but he's someone that once he understands the plays, he's able to uh, definitely get there. Now, what his strength is that puts him up there, he is going to be a great linebacker to dissect the underneath routes, you know, the tight ends on the drag routes, uh, them rub, them pick plays that get used a lot um, as well. Uh, he's someone that diagnoses underneath uh, routes. Probably as good as anybody um, in the linebacker class with him. So I definitely like that part about him. So overall, um, his IQ is his best feature. Um, he's someone that that uh, I think will be available in day three that if we haven't addressed linebacker, he would be someone um, worth looking at as well. So uh, those are my top five linebackers. Uh, Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson, Patrick Queen out of LSU, Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma, Malik Harrison out of Ohio State, and Marcus Bailey out of uh, Purdue. Outstanding. Outstanding. Now, folks, we've thrown a lot of information at you, a lot of names, a lot of uh, a lot of breakdowns and backgrounds on these individuals. So I would highly suggest that you rewind this and listen to it again. <laughs> Get your notepad, mark it down. Um, hopefully we'll see at least one. Nah, hell, fuck that. At least two, <laughs> two or three of these individuals on our team next year. Um, you know, like, like we mentioned before, you know, Coach, Coach Rule and uh, his staff. Um, it, it's all about defense. They want to fly around. They want to punch people in the mouth. So, um, you know, this uh, these defense defensive players that we, that we mentioned, the linebackers, the corners, the safeties, the D line, DNs. You know, these 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 guys um, might. Who knows? They might be on our squad next year, and uh, and we'll we'll see what happens when they cut loose. No. Um. So, uh, any parting shots, gentlemen, before we uh, wrap this one up? No. Cool. Now go ahead, Kev. You gonna you have something to say? Oh no, I, I was gonna say uh, if Will and uh, you said Will had nothing to say, I know I uh. Talked up the last few minutes. I didn't know if he had anything he wanted to say. Oh, yeah. You know, next week, Combine, well, just to get everyone a date, the Combine starts on yeah. Monday with, like, interviews and measurements. Yeah. Uh, and then I think on Thursday is going to be televised primetime. That's when they'll do the field drills. So you just have to check your listings to see what position groups go mm-hmm. on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So next week, we'll just take the um, final piece of the coverage. We'll get into more in-depth on old linemen and tight ends, which I don't want to throw it all at y'all at once. Yeah. And we'll get into some cornerbacks as well. So plenty of time to talk about this. So just digest what we talked about today. We'll talk some more combine next week. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I'll, uh, I'll definitely touch on the uh, 
the uh, offensive lineman next week because, again, I know that is a source where a lot of Panther fans have uh, felt like is the uh, more urgent of the side of the balls to work on in the trenches. So uh, I definitely look forward to um, breaking down the uh, interior guys like centers and guards as well as the tackles. Also, you know, with uh, Greg Olson moving on, hey, you know, we got to talk about tight ends as well. So that's something I look forward to speaking on about as well next week. Indeed, indeed. And like I said, folks, rewind rewind this one. There's a lot of info on this one, man. Will and Kev, bro, they, they, they put it out there. Real talk. You might want to check it again. Check it again. It's all right. Nothing wrong with it. It's the digital age, man. There ain't, ain't nothing to rewind up in here. It ain't like Best Buy. I mean, not Best Buy. Excuse me. Blockbuster. Remember that shit? <laughs> I mean, you catch this. We go rent that joint at Blockbuster. Be, be kind. Rewind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what the Blockbuster, when, you had, uh, when we got them games, had to bring them back. <laughs> oh, man, bro. That's, yo, that's how I did my scouting for the for the next uh, PlayStation game. Shoot. Man, go get the Blockbuster joint. Go rent that joint, man. No doubt. All right, Panther Nation. Um, thanks, you guys, for uh, dropping by and uh, checking out the Four Man Rush podcast. Um, even though it's the offseason, man, we're we still dropping knowledge left and right around here. Uh, that's how it goes. Um, be sure to uh, catch out our IG Live uh, pregame. And um, our Facebook Live post game uh, with, uh, with with Kevin, and uh, you know, because we always got something to talk about. It's this this Panther Nation, man. You know, um, true Panther fans always have have the you know Carolina Panthers in mind. So you know, we always want to chat about it. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, thanks thanks, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for checking out the Four Man Rush podcast. Um, whether you're listening to this podcast in the in the morning, afternoon, or evening, it, it is always a pleasure, and we love to uh, love to have you guys checking us out and, and supporting the Four Man Rush podcast um, and the Four Man Rush as a whole. Uh, big shout out to um, uh, Norris and uh, you know Darius, uh, Vince, um, Canardo was the deal, K Canardo. Um, <laughs> And uh, uh, Larry and Monty and everybody is affiliated with the Four Man Rush crew. Um, appreciate you guys. And, of course, um, be on the lookout for the uh, articles coming out on the uh, Four Man Rush website. That is the, uh, the uh, fourmanrush.com, www.the4manrush.com. Um, some of the best write-ups you'll see or read um, on the Carolina Panthers. Um, of course, check out our, our uh, social media platforms, um, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and, you know, we'll see you around. Feel free to communicate with us. Um, <laughs> you ain't gonna get nowhere better than this, folks. All right, so you guys have a great day. I hope you guys are doing great. We hope you guys are doing great. And as always, keep pounding. Okay. That's what's up. Dropping knowledge out of here, boy. Damn. That's good. I was thinking we all. That shit gotta be a combine show. The combine will start till next Thursday. That's good to say. I do cornerbacks. I do cornerbacks. I do cornerbacks. I do cornerbacks. I do cornerbacks.
The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Men Rush exclusively. Thank you.